The church teaches that parents are the primary educators of their children. But we didn't really need the church to teach us that. We just know that. That's common sense and natural law. You have a child and you know that if I don't educate this child on the important things in life, like how to find food and how to avoid dangerous things like stoves, then they will get sick, hurt, or die. Right? So it's, it's what it just is. And from, it's, it's instinctual. From the moment your child is born, you're trying to teach it things. And the thing that you are trying to teach it above all else, if you boil it all down to one thing, is how to find happiness. You want your children to be happy. We, we know this. This is, this is instinctual. This is what food and avoidance of danger is all about. It's about being happy. Now, uh, Jesus... The good teacher goes up to the the mountain and he has his disciples with him and he begins to teach them. And just like a good parent, Jesus has one thing that he wants to teach us. He wants to teach us how to be happy. That's why he says blessed over and over and over again. It's just the word for happy. It's like, you want to be happy? I want you to be happy. This is how you're happy. Now, the list he throws at us might catch us off guard. This is how you're happy. Uh, Poverty mourning, meekness, hunger, thirst. Like, wait a minute. That's, that's not the list that we use for our children. Where did Jesus come up with this list? Ah, yes, the very end, he, he shows us, he says, yeah, rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. That Jesus is much more interested in our eternal beatitude, our eternal happiness, than this momentary temporal happiness. And in a certain sense, we, we realize that this is, this is actually really good. If Jesus had said, hey, you want to be happy? Rich. You got to be rich. Like, well, that's, that's actually hard to do. You want to be happy? Never mourn. Well, I, I actually can't avoid that. You want to be happy? Be very powerful. Don't let anybody be more powerful than you. Like, wow, this is, this is actually a very difficult lift, list to achieve now. So even though he's more interested in our eternal happiness, by following his advice, we're actually finding temporal happiness is easier to achieve as well. Now, parents, we we know that eternal happiness is the most important thing, that your job par excellence as a parent is to get your children to heaven. And every decision you make should be ordered with that end in mind. How can I get my child to heaven? Is this thing going to help my child get to heaven? Where we fail as, as parents, as individuals, is by choosing temporal happiness over and above eternal happiness. You know, we, we do this in little ways all the time, right? Well, I know that if I let my child stay up a little later, eat a little more candy, have more screen time, they will be happy right now. And then we will all suffer for it a little later on. Right? We, we know that. And that's, that's our weakness. But notice that the weakness is, I desire their happiness. I desire them to be happy. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I want them to be happy. But if I could just, if I could just hold on to, to find the, the greater happiness. That's what we truly desire. Now, 
this is Catholic Schools Week, and as I ponder our Catholic school and why any parent would want to send their child to our Catholic school, I think the only great reason is for the happiness of your children. If you think that this place will make your child more happy, then you should send them there. But not in the immediate sense primarily, but in the eternal sense. Is this school going to help your child get to heaven? If it is, then this should be the place that you send your kid to school. If you think that there's, there's other, other ways, this isn't, this isn't on, your, on your path to, to uh, eternal beatitude and you have other, other mechanisms in place, great. Uh, if that's not your goal, getting your children to heaven, that's a problem, but then don't send your kids to our school because that's our goal. But I think when we start to look at it again, as we, as we look at Jesus's words, we start to think, yeah, if, I'm, if my child, if, if I am surrounded by people, other individuals who are also seeking those eternal beatitudes, those things that'll make us eternally happy, then that means they're seeking to live more like Christ. And they're seeking to grow in virtue. And they're, they're seeking to be, uh, be, be those, those model, uh, model Christians and model citizens. And quite frankly, those are the people that I find more happiness being around. And your children will find more happiness even here and now being around. So even though we're seeking eternal happiness, we find that it actually overflows to the here and now when we seek it right. And one of our jobs, obviously, as parents, as a Catholic school, is to teach your children, to teach those things that are for our salvation, just as Jesus did. And this can sometimes seem like this arduous task. Like, wow, I don't, I don't know everything that the church teaches. How can I possibly teach it myself? And so then we kind of pass that off to others, the church, the school, say, you, you teach my kid everything they need to know. But the thing is, the things that they really need to know are the things that only you can teach them. Because they, when it comes down to it, they don't need to know the, the difference between the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. They don't need to know that in the Trinity there is one God and Two, uh, two processions and three persons and four relations. Did you know all that? No, you probably didn't know all that. So why would your children need to know all that? Now, we have to believe all that, but we don't have to know it. I think there's only two things that we have to know, two things that we gotta be convinced of. And one is that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. He, he died for me and I want to live my life in gratitude for his sacrifice by living in a relationship with him and that relationship is called prayer. Not memorizing a bunch of prayers that you can read in books or will teach your kids in the school. Those are good. But a prayerful relationship of dialogue, heart to heart. The other thing that you need to know need to be convinced of as a Catholic is that Jesus left us a church as our mother and our teacher. She's there to guide us through the difficulties of life so we can reach that safe haven for which we all desire. Those two things. 
And so we can see that we actually do a disservice to our children if we send them to a Catholic school or send them off to religious ed, but then we're not doing that in our own homes. We're not treating Jesus like he's our Lord and Savior and friend. We're not treating the church like she's our mother, our teacher, and our guide. We're just sending them off and then living in a way that's different than that. But again, we ask ourselves, what is our goal? What is our desire for our children, for ourselves? Eternal happiness, eternal beatitude. And this, again, is the only reason why somebody should want to be Catholic. is because they think it will make them happy. Not just eternally happy, but happy right here and right now. Because once we start to live in relationship with Jesus and put ourselves under the, the guidance and tutelage of Holy Mother Church, there's a freedom, there's a peace, there's a joy. And yes, it's an acquired taste sometimes and we have to, we have to sometimes keep our eyes on the, on the, on the finish line. Yes, being, being in poverty, mourning, being meek, hungering and thirsting are not always pleasurable. But if we realize that they affect my eternal salvation, then there's a, there's a happiness even there. Today we actually have the privilege of bringing into the church one of our, one of our brothers who's been, he's been here with us uh, worshiping for, for quite some time. And he's decided that being Catholic is going to be his best, best path to salvation and happiness. And it's not because it's going to make his wife happy and it's not going to be because it's going to make his in-laws happy. It's because he really believes that the church is his mother and teacher, that Jesus is his Lord, his Savior, and his friend. And in a moment, he's going to get up here and he's going to say something that is very interesting. I'm going to say, I'm going to ask him to profess his faith in the Catholic church. And all he's going to say is, I profess to believe everything that the church teaches. Well, he doesn't know everything that the church teaches. He did read a really thick book on church history, so he knows a lot of the crazy things that have happened in the church, but he doesn't know everything that the church teaches, but he knows that the church is his mother and his teacher. And in her, he has found a safe guide to that place that he desires to go. And so for all of us on a day like today, it's a good reminder for us, like, do I believe everything that the church teaches? Do I believe, in other words, that, my, that the church is my mother and my guide, my teacher, that Jesus is my friend, my savior? Do I believe Jesus when he sits down and says, do you want eternal beatitude? Here's the list. Come and follow me. My brothers and sisters, as we pray for our, our brothers, we pray for our, our children, let's ask ourselves that same question. Let's, let's ask the grace, the grace of the Lord that we may listen to his teaching and heed it more carefully so that we too one day may rejoice and be glad knowing that our reward will be great in heaven.